don't let them tell you the future's electric because gasoline's not measured in metric. 30,000 rounds got me spinning. Boddicker's goons are grinning. Now my hand is in shreds and I found out Alex Murphy is dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OCP killed my Murphy. Uh, welcome to the Nostalgia Killers podcast where we revisit films from our youth to see if they still hold up or should be inserted into the great DVD player in the sky. Normally, uh, I'm sitting across from Chuck Starzynski, but uh, when I came to you, my rotten attorney was nowhere to be found. So I'd like to welcome Robert Negoesco. Hello. Famed uh, comic book artist, filmmaker, all around badass. Welcome. Thank you for having me. And, and a, uh, as so happens, an, an authority on RoboCop. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I mean, it is one of the movies I do rewatch, uh, which like often, you know, once every couple of years or something. And that's pretty rare, I guess, at this point in my life. Right. On. Yeah. So we, we, you know, the focus of the show is the nostalgia part. Yeah. Can you think back to when you first saw this? I was thinking about that. Uh, this wasn't one that I saw as a little kid. Um, I believe I was early teens. I want to say 13 or 14. Probably watched it on VHS. Right. Um, and then I just, I think it was just part of a huge diet of movies. And I didn't really think a ton about it for a while, I guess, until I started to rewatch it. Um, and I kind of think of Verhoeven's movies as movies like that. They like very rarely is it like the first time I'm like, whoa, I'm just like, that was good. And anytime someone brought it up, I'd be like, that's a great movie. Yeah. But it's on rewatches that, uh, the true like magic and richness is unlocked. I feel sure. Um, and then, yeah, later teens, I got super into it. I think right on. I'm realizing doing the research for this just for this show, I've never seen the actual R version. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd only ever seen it as a kid on TBS, on television. And boy, did they have to murder the hell out of that film. Yeah. To take their, it's so hyper-violent. There's, there's so much more to it. So much. And I just love it more. I'd like, <laughs> it makes much more sense as a Verhoeven movie for me now. Yeah. Um, watching it, like the real vision that he had. Oh, yeah. Um, I really enjoyed yeah, even the, catching up on this. Even the theatrical R-rated version was slightly neutered. Sure. You know, obviously not as much as the what TBS version or whatever. But uh, <laughs> you know, they there was a lot of violence in there, and he he wanted to go for the grotesque, you know, be, uh -huh. to make it absurd, to make the violence absurd that you won't be like, oh, cool. You'll be like, what? Yeah, you know, yeah. And in, in like um, some of the behind the scenes stuff, you hear him say like the violence in films, even back when he was making this one was so passive, everyone was so dead to it that he wanted it to really stand out and, and make people feel something when it happened. Sure. And boy, did they, someone, someone called him like Verhoeven buckets of blood or something like that. <laughs> it's definitely this one. Yeah. And I think that's more a European mindset too. A lot of American filmmakers, it's like, you know, commando or whatever. I watched 90 dudes die in this movie. I, I didn't feel anything ever for a second. Right. And it's like, as I've watched movies more and more, some of those can be fun, but I prefer death should have an, an impact sure. because yeah. it would in life. 
even if you're killing 90 <laughs> dudes, like then give me the, what's the toll that Arnold Schwarzenegger has to experience <laughs> after that, you know, like right. it, it, that's life. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. And, and I totally, under, I, I went to high school in Germany, so I, I missed the whole late nineties. Sure. So I kind of understand where Verhoeven's coming from when I came back to see my first film when I came back was, um, saving private Ryan. Wow. So like the, the, and that was, that's probably one of the first films I think in American culture that kind of hyper violenceized itself to like make an impact. Yeah. 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 And it's like, I, I came back to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and Spielberg's no fool with that. He's not trying to trivialize death. His movies, you know, maybe Indiana Jones, but Indiana Jones doesn't kill that many guys. It's nah, like, it's kind of cartoonish. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he'll knock somebody out or whatever, but like there's maybe one or two Nazis die, you know, mm -hmm. like, and it's, yeah, he doesn't, he's, he also has a European mindset despite being American, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Cool. Cool podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, um, I've, I've got so much to, I mean, there's so much, I just, I just have a bunch of notes that I've written down, you know, watching the movie the second time this morning. Is there anything you want to like jump on? Um, well, I mean, I guess like the team of people who put this together is something to talk about the cast sure. and, uh, the special effects people and the, the music. Oh yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, I mean, Paul Verhoeven's done, he's a extremely subversive director and it's like a lot of his movies are satire based, which is very difficult, especially to an American audience but they operate on these multiple levels sort of things, right? It's like, it's why I watched it and just went, oh, cool movie. Starship Troopers, oh, cool space bugs. Like, yeah. and then you watch it and you're like, aren't these people dressed like Nazis? <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, what is I, this? I, I, think, I, think even, I think even in RoboCop, there was a lot lost on people, especially like the, the fake commercials. I'm sure they, oh, yeah. they came off as spoofs. Yeah. But they didn't come off, they didn't understand the real dig no. Verhoeven was doing to American no. culture. Yeah, with the news and then like yeah, the uh the Nukem board game and stuff. Like it's like no more no more aid, pal. Like, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean he's he's fantastic. But then like just the cast involved is crazy. I mean, you have like well we'll get get back to our star, but like Nancy Allen. Right. No less than four masterpieces under her belt. Sure. You know, she was married to uh Brian De Palma. Oh wow. But, um, and three of the other ones that I consider masterpieces, Carrie, Dress to Kill, and Blowout are all De Palma movies. But, I mean, I love Nancy Allen, and she's so cool in this. Like, the way they introduce her, like, just beating that guy. Yeah, yeah she's an actual character. She's, she's yeah. not window dressing. She's not, um, yeah, I loved it. I, that's what I, I really enjoyed about this entire film was that it's it's remarkably progressive very, for, for its time. Very. That's uh, you know, applause. Good, yeah, good yeah. job. They they cut because you know she's known for her like long blonde hair, and they purposely cut the hair because there's certain scenes that would or could be construed as like sexualized. You know, when she comes up to him and like, "What's your name?" You know, like, right. and if she had the long flowing hair and stuff, and be very different. Yeah, they tried to you know remove that as much as possible and just let her be. I mean, she she could have been a man. It it doesn't matter, right? You yeah. know, it's just a person that's lewis you know even the name the name choice lewis lewis mm -hmm. you don't they don't really you know we know she's ann lewis but yeah know. and i think that goes into verhoven's um like like we talked about a few days ago his vision of like co-ed locker rooms where it doesn't fucking matter it shouldn't matter no 
and it should be it should not be sexualized you know yeah to that and that's i don't know that's admirable i think i think so i mean he you know i don't like unless he's approaching sexuality as the topic yeah it shouldn't just be there it's the same thing with the death thing sex should not just be this trivial thing like a like yeah. a beer commercial or something where it's like I want you to drink beer, so here's some girls having a pillow fight or something like that in right. bikinis. Like, it's like no, if someone's gonna have sex, well then, sex. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> it, until then, no. What? What? These are cops. Just, just go to work at work. You put your clothes on. Go to work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I really respect that. Um, but then, you know, we also have uh, Miguel Ferrer. Oh, one of my favorite character actors of all time. He like, is amazing. Like next to Kurt Wood Smith. Like yeah. Oh, two, yeah, two of my favorite actors in this, this film, dude. Yeah. So good. Uh have you ever seen The Night Flyer? I just want to put that out for people with Miguel Ferrer. No, I haven't. He it's a great satirical sort of movie. Um, it's a horror movie based on a Stephen King story. That's where the, I know the name from. Yeah. yeah. Um he's like a he works for a, um you know, like the inquirer or something with the like two headed baby born and blah, right, blah, right. blah. And he goes investigating this vampire and it's absolutely subversive and satirical. I don't want to get too into it, but I really hope you, I mean, maybe do an episode on it. It's oh, a yeah. great, like unknown gem and it stars him. So incredible. And he didn't, I don't think he starred in a lot of films. No, he was kind of like, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Twin Peaks back up. Uh -huh. <laughs> no, I remember him. Uh, Hot Shots was like big in my house. Yeah. And uh, I think it was part two he was in. He's like, and he has that one, that one shot where he goes, War. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's very uh, Bob Morton in this movie. <laughs> exactly. you, you know, like, he's a program. He's not a man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yolfer is great. And then, yeah, you brought up Kurtwood Smith. I mean, this movie, we're lucky. We have two beloved uh tv dads in this movie the other one's ray wise he's uh also twin peaks yeah <laughs> you yep. know yep. laura palmer's dad yep <laughs> but obviously kurtwood smith from that 70s show playing one of the most despicable <laughs> villains in 80s cinema <laughs> like <laughs> it's, it's amazing he i don't know if it's amazing or not i don't know if people re like related him clarence bodiger to the dad in the 70s show sure like it worked I mean, he's so he, despicable. He, he got away from this character. He got. He didn't color his career. No, no, it was no. just just a, a movie and done. So, and I think uh, everyone says he's a really nice guy. And it's like they they in the behind the scenes stuff they were talking about that a lot. Like a lot of the real like Ronnie Cox, same thing. Uh -huh. Incredibly nice dude. Always known for playing nice dude. Always, always the white hat. Yeah, yeah and reveled in being able to be <laughs> despicable. Yeah. You know, and they both pull it off so well. They're so gross in different ways. Like, you know, it's almost like the highbrow evil and the lowbrow evil. Like Clarence is just a street slime, you know, right. buddy, I think you're slime. Like, you know, but then like <laughs> Ronnie Cox is just the epitome of like corporate Executive. despicable, yeah. you know? Yeah. 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 Banal evil, but like active, banal. you almost believe it as he's almost mustache twirling. But oh yeah. Not quite. Yeah. Now that you mentioned that, that makes that's a, a very apt visual. Like, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, but it, I mean, it works. It works for the movie because the movie is obviously elevated. Everything's elevated, you know. To, to eleven, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. It's uh, yeah. Um. Well, yeah, I, I, and then uh, just really quickly, yeah, we have Phil Tippett, the great Phil Tippett, who has done 
so many movies. I mean, doing the special effects for the ED 209 in this, yep. which is really a performance in and of itself. Like, like this tantrum throwing child. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you're telling me you'd, you'd met him a few times, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he used to come into the escapist comic book store where I used to work. And, uh, when he, he finished mad God, he was very reclusive while finishing it. But then once it was out, he was like, he just dumped all his books because it was time to move on. But uh, yeah, I don't really have a good story with him. I was just like, oh. thank you, sir. Well, hey, you got to meet him, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm like, I, I know his a very large part of his body of work. I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Anytime I see a good stop animation, I'm pretty sure it's Phil's work or a disciple of his. So yeah. Yeah, I'm jealous, man. I'm jealous you got to meet him. I would have gushed. I would have been that <laughs> annoying fan. He's very... Uh, it's just like reserved. So sure. yeah, I imagine so. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to do say much or whatever, but Don't like scare him off. Yeah, I was just like, I loved Mad God and I love your work. Thank you. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm gonna go stock books now. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah, Phil Tippett. Um, lots of old school animation movie tricks in this. Matte paintings. Lots yes. of matte paintings. Amazing matte paintings. I I I remember watching this on TV and it never registered to me that those buildings weren't real. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm just blown away. Yeah. Um, yeah. I watched it on Blu-ray and it's like, you, I do, I see no seams. Still can't. Yeah. I it's see it's no still seams. better than any digital effects. You, I mean, I don't know. Cause they're, I mean, they're taking what's there and then painting to that, uh -huh. you know, like some of those large, like the OCP buildings and stuff are the, bottoms are real buildings right. and then they just take that architectural style and expand on it and make it like impossibly large you know and then it's like oh yeah well this is the future um and it's interesting the only time detroit is ever seen in this movie is the opening shot yep you know the entire movie is not made in detroit no <laughs> dallas <laughs> dallas and, and philadelphia yeah pittsburgh yeah. um or is it pittsburgh yeah specifically the, the pittsburgh mill? yeah the steel okay. mill um they had just shut that down right like they talked about that in the behind the scenes, like people had scrawled all over the steel, like this, these fires started burning in 1890 and they only went out in 1985, you know? And it's mm. like, so that, I mean, that final area, that steel mill is so just insanely just gorgeous and dark and oh, yeah. frightening. What a set though, man. <laughs> yeah. what, what a find. Like, yeah. Uh, there's no way you could afford to build something like that. Never. You'd have to, oh, dude, what luck. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. a great, what a great like job too, finding it and using it yeah. to its extent. And I mean, it also wouldn't have worked if the auto industry hadn't collapsed because yep. people would have been working there. Exactly. They never would have shut that down yeah. to make a movie no matter what. And this was low budget movie, 11 million. Ooh. <laughs> yeah what 11 million i know one went to the suit yeah one went to the suit holy cow 11 yeah i mean damn they used to do that back in the day didn't they this is i mean it's the prime example of like what you can do with what's there and it's like they really were like looked at the budget and they were like you can have like great set design or the suit <laughs> and they were like okay the suit so everything's or as much as possible is on location right one of the only sets i think is the uh boardroom the right. office and they right. you yeah, know we return to that a lot but that's in an actual even that's not on a set that's still in a building it's somewhere. in a building that they just built the set in the building right you know so it's like that's still kind of on location in a way you know they're on the top of a giant dallas skyscraper um yeah it's just a marvel of filmmaking on every level yeah and the and 
the uh, the way that spacing on his name, um, Murphy. Oh, uh, Peter Weller. Peter Weller. I do this every episode. I do not remember actors' names. I'm so garbage at it. All good. Peter Weller's uh, journey yeah. started, what, five months before? Yeah, I heard he, five, even? seven, I don't know. But <laughs> he worked with like a, a mime and dance instructor for months and months. Can you, can you imagine spending that much amount of time before you even step foot on set Yeah, and build this character? And then you get the suit and it doesn't work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, on the first day, because he had, so he never had put the real suit on until the first day of filming. Yeah. And he had practiced with like football gear and stuff like that, but it's like obviously nothing. So I'm, I'm wondering, I'm rewatching the movie and I'm looking at his movements and what he, what he did end up doing. I'm wondering what the other performance would have been. So they, they talked about it. Uh, the plan was like, like a snake, like he would move right. like a snake swift. And then once they were confronted with that, they had to take a couple days and figure re like start from scratch. Mm-hmm. And they came to the conclusion that it's like, Oh, he's a beast, not a snake. The snake is gone. Right. Like, and I mean, and that's that, one of the, the slower movements. Yes. Yeah. Because he's so huge. It doesn't make any sense for him to like it. I mean, you take that for granted. That's one of the things for that sure. it took the longest for me to understand. Cause it's like, I just think, Oh yeah. Robocop moves like a robot. And it's like, no, that's like a skinny dude floating in a giant suit. Like, how does <laughs> yeah. that even work right. without like rattling around and stuff? And it's like the head turn before uh, moving is so amazing. You yeah. know, like he turns his head and then the body follows, you know, it, it's just little things like and that, that. I think that that informed, I don't know where he, I know he, he worked on that with his mime instructor, but I think that that movement informed what everyone thought an, an Android would move like. Probably or, or cyborg or something. Yeah. So like everything after that, if you didn't move like that, you weren't believable. Sure. As as a robot or something. So I mean, this is probably the first movie to really get into like the headspace of what a cyborg even is. I'm sure there were sci-fi novels. Sure. Before that, but no movie even comes close to it. You know, this is about his psyche. Yeah. You know, and his soul and his heart and like. It is the war between like technology and humanity, you know, in one, like he, they all said like, he's not, a, he's a, uh, he's a human trapped in a machine, not a machine pretending to be a human, not a machine trapped in a heat. Right. You know, it's, it's a man trapped in a machine, which is maybe hadn't been done in movies at all. I, I can't think of one, but now it's, we take it for granted. It's, all over the place, you know? Yeah. We've seen cyborgs. It's, it's very, over. very integrated into our, our culture. Yeah. For sure. And because of this. Yeah. I'm wondering if, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough about what I want to talk about in order to say anything <laughs> on it. So I'm just not going to. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, I, th- I think there's some stuff from, uh, Gibson. Sure. From like necromancer and, and stuff like that, that may have inspired it and may have been done. But like you said, they're books. Yeah. And they were, that was like way before even, you know, Around the same time as Blade Runner, like things were yeah. kind of influencing each other. But and this was definitely influenced by Blade Runner. Oh yeah, and I mean, I guess you're right. There is a lot of humanity to the androids in that, but they're secondary characters for or, sure. Whereas, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. There's a lot of people think Decker was a uh, sure. You know, maybe maybe 
know. He could be. He could be. Let's, I, let's not start that fight. <laughs> no, I'm not going to fight about it. I don't know. He's a robot. <laughs> Come fight about it. <laughs> Harrison Ford's a robot. Whatever. Yeah. Um. Oh uh, man. Um. The guns. Yeah. I, I don't know if you're a, a guns person. I mean, I don't. I've shot guns. I don't know much. Sure. I've I've been in the military. Was raised in the military and stuff like that. So I'm I'm kind of looking at it when I see them. Yeah. There's some amazing things happening in this in this film. And I, there's uh, like there's an IMDb. There's also an IMDb for guns in movies. Yeah. There's a whole other <laughs> sure. web, website and that wiki. Like it's awesome. And there's something like 35 different. I would imagine guns, because there's so much just bang bang in this movie. Uh, one of the things that Verhoeven brought up is that this is like the story of Frankenstein, which makes a lot of sense. The reanimation. Sure. But it's also to him, the story of Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. I picked up on that too. Yeah. The crucifixion, you know, the death of Murphy, which is so hardcore violent, like Mm -hmm. just insanely graphic blasting his hand off and stuff. And that one shot where it, it's all, that's the only time that you get Murphy as like a puppet where you, it, it, the camera rotates around his body and then you see the back of his head blow out. If you watch the R version, if, yeah. if you watch the TV version, it never, never shows you that puppet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that was amazing. They did a, whoever did the mask. It looks so good. Exactly like him. It looks oh so good. God. Writhing in agony. He's frozen in time, writhing in agony like that. I felt bad for the puppet. Yeah. It like, it was that good. It's that good. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's the, he the jesus allegory is crazy once you start looking at it and he sees him as american jesus that is like which verhoven is madman i mean and i love him (laughs) deeply for it but it's like he is dutch he came here he was blown away by the level of violence on our streets and the guns and and all that so he's like well uh, the american jesus would have guns and he even cited like (laughs) a thing from the bible like right before jesus died apparently he was like if you have a cloak sell it and buy a sword right you know and it's like so he's like even jesus promoted weaponry at the end (laughs) so it's like this like you know and they also he also threw out the the term like uh fascism for liberals like the movie has an extremely liberal mindset but it's like you know extreme weaponization of that like you know shoot a rapist in his dick <laughs> like <laughs> blow it off like you know yep uh, uh, talk about memorable scenes like yeah. from my childhood is, oh my uh, god uh, bloody dick guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh man shooting um, through the skirt yeah um I, I didn't even like register like how cool i mean how cool of an idea that was but like yeah. i just came away with like yeah i probably don't want to get shot in no my dick no <laughs> i never want to never want to wind up in that situation no 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 um, um but yeah that's uh yeah that's again that's just paul fairhoven that's yeah. that's like who else could come up with that yeah i don't know yeah have we, we haven't touched on how funny this movie is there's so many jokes it's violent and tragic but the jokes and i and i wonder who got the jokes because i as a kid didn't yeah. You know, I mean, I understood I, there was adult humor that I was going to have to wait and learn how to get. Sure. But like, I wonder how many people just missed everything. Cause I'm, I picked up on so much watching this again. Yeah. I mean, probably a lot. Um, they talked about the, so in the, the, the ED 209 demo at the beginning where they give the desert Eagle to that, that guy, Kenny, Kenny. Yeah. And then he just gets blown away. Right they cut that a lot of the violence. There's a part where he falls back onto the table and then is just like 
pulped, like turned to mush. Right. Yeah, his hamburger. That part's cut out. And immediately following that, right, the guy, I, I think it's Bob Morton, yells, somebody want to call a goddamn paramedic? <laughs> <laughs> like, and if it's like, because the violence is so extreme, that's why that works. If it's less violent, it doesn't work. Yeah, it could be taken. Yeah. It could be like, the yeah, ju- get a joke, paramedic. Joke hit, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, there. I think there's maybe some of that going on. Oh, yeah, for sure. But also people don't expect a movie called RoboCop to be funny. Yeah. It's like, well, that, that's what I, that's what I, you know, I'm kind of afraid of like, cause I, I don't remember the audience. I, I mean, I was young when it came out and I don't know how people took it. Sure. And I don't know if people understood these kinds of subversive jokes that Verhoeven was putting in there. <laughs> Most people I knew just like wanted to buy the toy and like thought it was cool. Yeah. Like there's no way they knew. No, all the all the little digs he was putting in there. Satirization of American culture and yeah. capitalism and products and you know like Just masterfully done. Who cares if it works? Like you know, <laughs> it's great. And and at, at that scene, um, the the executives immediately go to how do we fix this? And that this isn't the dead guy. No, it's the it's the the product isn't ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The <laughs> old man's like. I'm very disappointed in you. <laughs> and then one, my, one, of my, yeah, one of my favorite lines in it is like uh, the other, you know, one of the other executives are in the elevator with Bob Morton and they're like, sucks about Kenny though. And he's like, that's life in the big city. <laughs> just dismissed right away. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, just absurdism, absurdism. Oh, but for sure. in that eight, I think it probably maybe hits harder now, not being in that Reagan eighties, you know, that's, that's true. Yeah. I had no sense of politics, even, you know, even through the nineties. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, starting to learn more about that and it's relation to the, the mirror he's holding up. Yeah. To that world at that time, which some of disturbingly more so is how much a lot of it still applies, but yeah, it is very like, you know, the, corporate 80s culture you know that they try to satirize in a lot of other movies that I was, I was thinking of the only other film i could think of that does it to this level is american psycho yeah like that's definitely yeah and, that's that's the that's my only like recollection of the 80s really is yeah. watching it in these movies yeah yeah no and i mean he's also yeah trying to satirize it whereas like there's um what's the the wall street movie you know and it's like i don't think like people just embrace that guy. They're like, yeah, greed is good. And Uh it's like, no, that's a, no. Yeah. You're supposed to hate that guy. (laughs) Yeah. It's the wrong wrong guy. And it's like, but they were maybe too in that world to even see it. Or maybe they didn't go hard enough into the satirization or something. I imagine they were looking for a mascot. Yeah. They they didn't even care. Yeah. Anything they could do to justify their, their greed and their their behavior. Their behavior. Yeah. 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 Which I mean, is still going on, right? Oh, Um, for sure. Yes, um, I guess one other thing is just like, like, and why I love this movie Mm -hmm. and think, honestly, it's probably the best 80s action movie um, for me is that there's a heart here. Sure. It's not senseless violence. It's great action, great violence, great special effects, all the stuff that we love other movies for. And I love those movies too, but it's like, a deeply tragic story about loss. Yep. You know, like we never even get to see his family. So they exist only as these haunting memories to him. Yeah. And there's that shot of them like waving in front of the house. That, and that was pl- especially creepy watching it this time. It's so disturbing. Yeah. 
And but I, I really think the heart of this movie is when he returns to the house, mm-hmm. and it's like the house that he used to live in. It you know he's been dead for we don't know how long, probably months and months that they've been you know because we see holidays pass while they're working on him. So they, oh, that's true. Yeah, I didn't even think about the the length of time in between. Yeah. Wow. And it's like so he it just wakes up out of a dream basically. Months later, the house is up for sale. There's like that computerized, like, you know, realtor yeah. or whatever. And he goes through the house and has these like, f- like he, we see the house empty. And then he has the flashback of his kid watching, you know, TJ laser, mm-hmm. why he does the, the spinning gun yeah. thing, you know, Ro- thing, yeah. role models can be very important to a boy, yeah. you know, <laughs> which I'm like, <laughs> Robocop as the role model, you know, like that's <laughs> yep. the meta line for sure. Um, but it's like, you know, I have something to tell you. I love you. You know, all that mm-hmm. stuff is like, has been parodied and all that stuff. Oh yeah. But in the context of this movie, it's haunting and deeply sad and disturbing. Yep. Like in that tone shift, when do you see that in an action movie? They try to, they try really hard. Yeah. They, they do, they have, they're trying to cast to such a general audience that they, yeah, it doesn't have the same impact. Yeah, it's like maybe John Wick or something with the puppy, you know? I mean, that's like the only attempt I can even think of in yeah. modern. Yeah, I, I can't think of it. Uh, you know, outside of the Marvel movies, I can't think of anything that actually uses that kind of emotional swing. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. I, know, as, as an action movie, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's sad. It's genuinely like... And I mean, I don't think I got that either when I was a kid. I have to be like older and have lost sure you know it's like the beginning of like up or whatever kids just watch it and they're like why is mommy and daddy crying yeah (laughs) you know you you just don't get it until you've experienced it i mean obviously i haven't experienced what robocop (laughs) what murphy experienced (laughs) let's let's hope not (laughs) yeah no i hope nobody does um but yeah just like the 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 lines of that they're that the company is willing to go you know like that pov rebirth sequence like one of my favorite uh yeah my favorite sequence is like i don't know if you've seen spaced i love space one of my they're, favorite sitcoms of all time their parody of it uh, for, for the fuckest uppus the robot for the robot wars oh yeah 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 i go back to that all the time <laughs> that's just and, and I, I i'm like not reluctant but i find myself wanting to write my own version of it and i sure. keep just trying to shove it in my own films yeah yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah the the rebirth is like it's crazy yep it's i mean and you know, that's the other thing is like, that's how to do exposition. Yeah. That's how to fucking not shove it down people's throats, how to experience it with the character. I mean, truly with him. And yeah. that's, that's the thing. Like that's the heart is mm-hmm. we become Robocop for when he's in the house, we're not watching him react to that stuff. We're just watching his, we, we see him come in and then we're in his eyes Yep. the whole time we're in the house. Same thing with the rebirth. Like it's deeply traumatic experience you know so it's like Verhoeven puts us inside his mind which allows the emotions to actually work instead of just watching some guy like, like yeah exactly just uh, some senseless robot and yeah yeah no there's yeah you're right it's 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 such such big heart yeah in the film and the the callousness of the the company and everything you know like in contrast lose the it. arm yeah like well he's legally dead so we can do whatever we want with him Lose the arm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then like the one time Bob Morton's like good is when he's like, come on, 
come on. Yeah, he's a daddy. It's for you. It's for you. They're cheering for you. Like, you know, and you're like, oh, actually, do I like this guy? Like, (laughs) it did make for a hard read. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, uh, it's more just he's proud of the product, I think. But in that moment, especially a newly born person, I think he was also just, he didn't know how to not be condescending. Yeah. So that was just him being, being Bob Morton. Like, yeah. Uh, how he would talk to probably really a, a non-English speaking <laughs> yeah, yeah. employee. Yeah. yeah. Know, just an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing great. Great job. <laughs> yeah. No, just through so the, the one, the one endearing moment that, that looked like it was probably just Miguel Ferrer coming through. Yeah. As a probably a good human being. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Amazing. Just once again, Miguel Ferrer. Yeah. Um, and then like how they introduce Robocop is like it's he's obscured like they Verhoeven talked about it he's like he can't just walk out with the big triumphant music and stuff like there has to otherwise the people would laugh yeah so there has to be that build-up like where you see him on the screen real hazy and then he like then they go to the 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 police precinct where they're dropping him off and it's like you see him around corners like the the rest of everybody else in the crowd sees him yeah and it's it's the crowd using the crowd as the to to tell the audience how to react which is in awe Mm -hmm. right it builds the awe what is this shit yeah like it you know it it feels like it's this huge moment masterfully done yeah Yeah, and then between the the fence and stuff it's just like progressively giving us a little bit more of him and then once you see him we're in you know mm-hmm. we're like holy shit and obviously the suit is great i got i got one little nitpick for <laughs> yeah. this for this part um so bob morton's walking around getting instructions from the scientists about what this means as yeah. if he doesn't already know yeah it's a little weird sure and then there's if you watch this you watch the cinematography of it robocop is being moved around for no reason on a gimbal yeah <laughs> it's just to keep the scene moving i think and make Probably. it look interesting but yeah he's like being spun around like on a fucking roller coaster yeah. for no for no apparent reason and then but it but it ends at the end of the scene and and bob morton's like you know i love you like you're the, <laughs> yeah. you're the, you're the best <laughs> yeah calibration that's what i'll say it's that i don't know <laughs> Cal- calibrating his gimbal <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean yeah you're right i mean probably i never I, I thought just, about I just, that. I just noticed it watching it the second time it's like why is he moving he's sitting down he's yeah. in, in his like super chair it's probably just like so being he's... rotated and he's like looking around it was just funny it's that probably like, that so he's not just sitting there like yeah i, I totally get it you know? I, would, I would probably do the same thing if i, <laughs> yeah. if I was looking at it and getting bored making making my own film yeah like fucking you gotta spin him yeah <laughs> they probably tried it just sat, sat him there and they're like this doesn't work Move him around. How about poor fucking Weller? Yeah. Getting into makeup for that thing. Yeah. Up to like 10, 12 hours. That was at first. They said they got it down to like two and a half or something. But that's like. I cannot fucking imagine (laughs) the fortitude you'd have to have to sit in a makeup chair and go through that shit and then act as if you're fresh. Yeah. Dude, what the hell? Yeah. So many hours before the cameras start even rolling. Um, And I mean. They talk because he's wearing like basically like a diver suit underneath all the plastic armor and stuff. Yeah. And he was sweating like crazy. They were in, in Texas, Dallas. Texas. Fucking in the summertime. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else talked about like being miserable. And then they're like, oh, yeah, look over, look at, over Peter. at Peter. And he lost like pounds every day. And he was already like a, a marathon runner. So he was yeah. a skinny guy. Yeah. Like didn't have much to lose to begin with. I'm surprised he didn't get heat stroke. And I mean, he probably did at certain points. Yeah. I don't remember them talking about it or anything, but I can't imagine he didn't get heat stroke at least one day. Yeah. Um, I would imagine so. And people knew about it, less about it 
yeah back then to how to recognize it i'm sure yeah damn dude much respect but it's also i mean it's the dedication it's like literally no other person could have done this because they, they you know they talked about it like most times with people in suit movies they go well, it's a guy in a suit who cares. Right. And it's like, this role never would have worked. You needed someone who believed in it and wanted to like, I mean, he he like got method with this. He, he wouldn't respond he, to he, Peter. He, he, yeah, he rehearsed for like five months before to like, yeah. to like be ready for it. Yeah. But yeah, he was into this thing. <laughs> he like had Verhoeven call him Robocop and Verhoeven's like, I can't, <laughs> can't do, do it. That. <laughs> it's too silly. Like, I can't do that. But like, I just respect the dedication, especially for that to like, you know, get inside the head of this weird, you know, unknown figure. Yeah. You know, he's, he was, um, doing, starting his own thing, uh, harbinger, you know, yeah. of like what these characters look like. Yeah. 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 True dedication. You know I mean? And I don't know. It's, it's insanely impressive. Like you take it for granted, the performance, like I said before, like the and, movement. And now that, now that I know that I'm watching him in every scene too, in, in the armor, Going, yeah, he's hurting then. Oh, he's yeah. in pain. Yeah. But look at that fucking performance. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, he's playing a robot. He's typically, you know, somewhat emotionless, but still doing that. Who knows how many takes they went through, too? Like, who knows? There's going to be multiple to Jesus. get it right. You know, I mean, like, they, the, the, well, there's the keys thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, an entire day of shooting one scene. Oh, I couldn't imagine. <laughs> Just I, to I, catch. I would, I would the feel keys. like we were in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the movie's going to get shut down if we did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. And they knew that they were probably going to go over. That's why they had the the death is the last scene that they shot. Because they knew it was the only scene that the studio couldn't demand that they leave out. Right. So they purposely, very smart, very smart. But like (laughs) also knowing, yeah, we're doing some unprecedented stuff. We know this is going to go over like. Yeah. But it's it's a it's weird to think of like eleven million would be like the cap, yeah. Nowadays, like that's just we spend that on catering. It's crazy. It was budgeted at ten, and then they went over, <laughs> like to eleven. That's what it was. <laughs> Dude, that's nuts. I had no idea. I mean, I didn't I didn't hear much about the the cost of it, but it may it must have. What did it make? Oh, I didn't even look that up. I'm oh, man, sure. It's been making it's been making that back every year at least since of it course. came out. Of course, yeah. I mean, oh now God. still streaming platforms paying for it or whatever. Like, dude, I mean, it's a seminal classic. I'll 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 find out and I'll edit it in right here. Yeah. Fifty three point four million dollar box office. <laughs> wow, that much! <laughs> wow, damn. <laughs> um, very professional. Yeah. This podcast. Let's see. I mean. Uh, I don't know. Do we want to like give away the uh, the ending and talk about any of that stuff? No, or? For sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean the the whole final like third act takes place in the uh, the steel mill where they they kind of stage a trap for Clarence Bodiger's gang, right? Um, you know, and you have the most insane, like the toxic waste death. Fuck, that's like the most haunting thing from my childhood, dude. When I watched I this again, I felt something. Yeah. Like, and I know it's oatmeal that's on his back. Sure. When I was a kid, I didn't fucking know that. No. I thought it was like brains. And It's deeply disturbing. Oh my God. <laughs> that makeup job. Um, yeah, on a, a meal. Yeah. He gets covered in the toxic waste and then he like goes up to Ray Wise's character and just like, help me. He's like, don't touch. 
touch me, man! Like, and the horror on his face is they so. Sh- like, they showed that on TV. That was oh that was still gosh. in the fucking like live TBS like, on television and then commercial television. Getting blasted with the just car like spray. Yeah, just just like gunk on the fucking windscreen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's like how he dies and how liquidy it is makes me be like, oh, his. Yeah. His flesh is no longer like our flesh. It's yep. like softer and it makes it more disturbing. So much more disturbing. Yeah. Oh my God. And there's nothing but a jug of milk being thrown into the car. Yeah. 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 For that With some red. So good. So good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And just oh. Clarence like shit. <laughs> you know, just like. You didn't know, even know what happened. No. Oh my God, man. Yes. That's, that's, yep. One if, of I, them. If, I, if I had to pick like one of my favorite special effects from the eighties. Oh, Totally. It's, especially in this film. It's like the toxic. toxic uh, yeah. It's so horrific. Uh, yeah, they talked about that being the audience's favorite scene. And right. that the studio wanted to cut that, but they were like, so it's good. the audience cheers yeah. every time. Yeah. Like, Because, I mean, we, we especially hated that guy. He's like the, the main of the cronies. Like, there's uh-huh. Clarence, but then there's that guy who's like, you know, at the gas station has that whole scene like... <laughs> you a college boy <laughs> he's like pretty smart you think you can outsmart a bullet, bullet? <laughs> like which oh, is yeah. like the stupidest line ever but so good <laughs> like that one and then the well somebody called goddamn paramedic or like had me rolling yeah. even on the whatever millionth time i've seen this you know like <laughs> exactly um and then, uh, yeah, we have the whole, like, f- when he returns to the boardroom, you know, after he's destroyed the gang. I mean, he kills Clarence, right, with the, the spike. Yeah, the data spike. Yeah, yeah. which is really cool because, uh, you know, he gets impaled by Clarence yeah, with, I was, the, with the I was pole. wondering if that was, that was like, a, another spear reference, like a crucifixion reference. Probably. I didn't hear anything with that, but, I mean, it's all there. It's all there, yeah. yeah. Well, there's the walking on water part. They're in water. Yes. It's like, yeah. That was overt. He was definitely having him walk on water at the yep. end. <laughs> and then he gets like crushed, you know, and then like impaled. And it's like a second death. Yeah. In a way, or a third death or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that whole final boardroom, you know, and the, the whole big like, I guess, MacGuffin of why he can't just take out Ronnie Cox is like the directive four. Like he cannot so hurt. programming, yeah. Yeah. He can't hurt or arrest or do anything to a board OCP boardroom member. Uh, but then, you know, after they find, like he proves that he killed Bob Morton. It's like, and he takes the old man hostage and it's like, you're fired. And yep. it's like, thank you. Yep. <laughs> and Such, just blows him away. That's just good storytelling. Like yeah. who, who thought the old man would have joined in and like on the procedure, you know, on, on the, yeah. Making things go right. Yeah. He's an interesting character. Cause it's like, clearly that guy's still a scumbag. Mm-hmm. Just not as much as them. Yeah. He's not willing to kill people in his own company. I mean, he is like sell a military contractor yeah. and like, you know. He I was trying know. to build a new Detroit. And, yeah. But he's also not an NPC. He's not, he's not yeah. just like, he actually like took an active role in yeah. killing killing the big bad. Yeah, know? yeah. And then, uh, he, I mean, you, you know, you like him despite anything. You like that guy. Yeah. Because he, he also is like at the end there, like the very end, it's like, nice shooting, son. What's your name? And then the final line of the movie, like Murphy. Murphy. <laughs> Another thing I loved, the final line right there, and then title Robocop. Yeah. We don't see that ever anymore. Like just end of movie. You don't get any more. That's it. You're done. Yeah. 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 No, I love it. Yeah. And, and then they, they flip it in the second one, I think, which dehumanizes him a little bit, but it's like, it's been it a while ends. since I watched that one. Um, There's good stuff in there. I mean, it's, 
nowhere near yeah, no, this. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, I obviously don't remember that one as much. So the best part about that one is like that the villain in it is called RoboCop two, which is the name of the movie. <laughs> That's right. Cause they build like the second RoboCop, but I, it's like, we have to stop RoboCop two. I, I remember them watching through their failures and the, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they, they introduced like the crazy drug and stuff like it, it. It's fun, but it's more in line with an, 80s action movie yeah whereas this thing transcends you know this one stands on its own for sure um well they've made what six five or six there's two peter weller's in two they did a third one they did like a show they did like a live action show and a a kids animated show okay which is crazy and then they did the remake i think yeah the 2017 or whatever horrendous i didn't watch it oh god there's there's it seemed like even from the previews, there was no, there was obviously no heart. No. It was just like, ooh, there's a badass robot guy. Yeah. He shoots stuff. And that was it. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, my God. There's no satire. So it's just, they play it straight, where it's just like, yeah, cool, it's Robocop. Like, it's like another Judge Dredd Transformers movie. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I can't, can't believe they spend that much. And they've spent way more than $11 million on it. Way more. There's, I mean. There's no way they didn't. All those 2000s remakes, though. You want to you talk about nostalgia killers? I don't know what there is to kill there, but it's like, you know, let's watch the Friday the 13th, the Nightmare on Elm oh, Street, Jesus, the no. RoboCop, the Total Recall remakes. It's like... Yep. No, they're all... They're atrocious all and unneeded. <laughs> yeah, completely pointless. Nobody liked them. No. Even the people who liked the original movies, nobody liked them. Yeah. My only hope is that someone heard that a thing was coming out and then they watched the old one. And I'm sure a few people did. They're yeah. like, okay, and what's RoboCop? Oh, oh, let's watch the old one. Maybe five people, 20 sure. people. Yeah, yeah. If that's all it did, that's fine. Fine, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a uh, John Landis cameo. Is there? So in the uh, the, the 6000 Sucks SUX car, Yeah. Uh, there was the huge dinosaur going through Detroit maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's just like one little, he's like an extra. He's going, <laughs> oh my God. Cool. And then uh, there's another director cameo in the dance for like four frames. Paul Verhoeven's. Oh, he sees the guy you see come up on the screen. And go, ah, that's he's it. in. He's in the club. He's in the club. Like when they're doing all the flashes to the different people around. Yeah, yeah. He's like he's like the one guy with nobody around him. That's cool. Um, yeah, the club scene where he uh, Ray Wise kicks uh, Robocop in the <laughs> and then, in, and in metal the, nuts the crotch that is just a piece of metal. Real smart. <laughs> and like everybody around him just laughing at him too. Yeah. Just, I got so much enjoyment out of watching him hurt himself. <laughs> he is incredible too. Like that's what I'm talking about. Like even the random cronies are like star deep, people. Yeah. Deep, like deep, like deep bench, like yeah, big time. And I mean, this is before Twin Peaks and everything, but it's like, we know Ray Wise, if you watch Twin Peaks, like him, once his daughter's dead and he's like dancing and like in, ma- making the number of times he makes a fool of himself in these scenes and people are like, get him out of here. Right. Like, but he's so good with the emotion and the crying just out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It's like the best, like cr- random crony you could have. For sure. Yeah. And then I don't know, man, just top to bottom, everybody involved and the music. We never, we didn't talk about that, but like super cool music. Um, Very definitive. Yeah. Like there's no mistaking RoboCop music. Yeah. Uh, it's ba- Basil Ponderosus, I believe. I'm probably totally mangling his last name. It's like, yeah, it's a Greek last name. Like yeah. Like Pordorolis or something. Yeah. I, I'm so bad at this. He did Conan the Barbarian too, That's, which is also great score. It's, it's very, uh, not, not similar, but like you could tell it was from the same person. Yeah. And it's, yeah, that's very much. 
Yeah. But it's identifiable as well. Absolutely. Like, no, it's not just a wash in the background. I mean, that's the lost art, right? You know, score now is just there. Yep. And you can't hum. You can't walk out of any of these movies and hum <laughs> them. And it's like, dun, 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 dun. it's like, oh yeah, Robocop. Like, you yep. know, Indiana Jones. Like we remember these things, you know? Um, what, what I liked though is he had two separate themes for Murphy and Robocop. And the Murphy score is done with a symphony, like with the strings and everything. Very and analog. The yeah. yeah, and the Roboscop score is synth. Yep. You know, and it's it's very subtle, but how it's laced through there, it totally works. Uh, even when Robocop is becoming more human again is when the strings come back yep. at the end. Yeah, it's so like um, subliminal. Yeah. It's very mean, much. Which is what the music should be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, again, masterful. Like, yeah, yeah. Everything in this is just came together. Yeah. So well. Such, it's wild. Such, oh, we got Phil Tibbet. We got so much. I don't know. Yeah. What? Like, when did we have s- such a group of people working on a single project? Especially something called RoboCop, and like <laughs> that everyone thought was going to be a loser movie. Yeah. People were actors were ditching because yeah. like no thanks. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, yeah, it's man. it's all cylinders. Like, yep. I like mean, a perfect storm of acting, characters, direction, editing, special effects. Yeah. Like the music. There's action, poetic violence, heart, tragedy, humor. It's triumphant, predicts our future, satirizes. Like, it's like, I don't know what else I need. Right. I, I don't know what else. Yep. You know? Like, I mean, f- especially for an action movie. You have all that plus. Yeah. Everything. You know, it's, it's rare, extremely rare that something like this happens. Yeah, it's definitely a, a, a keystone, you know, in our our past yeah <clears throat> but um so i i mean as far as we figured out on those nostalgia killers we we talk about at the end do we want this movie to to live do we want to maybe watch out for it later or just kill it but i can't find anything wrong with this film no the the fact that it's whatever would be problematic that's in it because it's a satire it's hard to like fault it for it yeah so there's just no fucking way i mean this this thing lives i'm sorry for me i'm Um, sure it does for you too i'm sure it does for many people yeah this was this was like low-hanging fruit (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) this was not a problem (laughs) yeah no 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 i definitely want to i'll come back and uh, we'll get into some more questionable films but no for i mean yeah there's no nostalgia to kill here because it's like i've continued to watch this movie and love it more every time from yeah if anything it's it's increased my nostalgia for yeah the time the the movie itself and what it's meant for me over my life yeah especially since i've only just watched the full thing i know for the first time it was like getting getting to see it for the first time again <laughs> truly it's it great dude congratulations thanks yeah. i mean it was, it was a life moment right there and now it's very available you know there's no more of the the censored version and stuff it's like when you find it online i, I did that research because i was like is it the r-rated on the streamers and stuff it's like no it's the unrated version you know where the you see more of the violence which yeah. allows it to work yeah you see everything um very wanted in it yeah and that's that's the one i want to watch yeah absolutely so Watch it, folks. If yeah. you haven't, if it's been a while, it's time to watch it. Yeah, it's on uh, Tubi. Yeah, it, it, even like with the commercials coming in, it was it brought back some nostalgia because it was like watching it on TV again. <laughs> yeah, like I never watch anything with commercials anymore. I tune them out or whatever. But uh, yeah, thank you for listening, everybody. Um, this has been the Nostalgia Killers. I've been Luke Loans. I've been Robert Negawesco. Thank you again for uh, filling in for Chuck while he's off. Uh, 
farting around Europe somewhere. Yeah. Well, uh, I hope he's having a good time. We're yeah. having a good time though. Yeah. Likewise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. For sure, man. We'll definitely have you back. And then we'll, um, yeah, as we move forward, we want to bring in, you know, th- a third person. So we're going to have you on definitely like, Oh yeah. There's no like cronyism involved that we all went to film school together for, you know, <laughs> no. Yeah. Let's, you let's were, not mention that part no. that you were my cinematographer on my <laughs> yeah. very successful film. You should watch that. I will plug on YouTube. She oh, yeah. woke up possessed pluggables. Let's do pluggables, man. Yeah. I mean, well, that's really, let's, if you're listening to this RoboCop podcast, that's what I want you to watch. Cause we set out to make a satire. And I mean, I think we were pretty successful for a, you know, thesis student thesis short film like, for sure you know it, it got me taken uh, across the country so that's right that's it, right it, i i think you'll like it if you like robocop and you i mean and it was one of the inspirations that that sort of satirical tone that makes sense to me now yeah very cool how about uh, your, your comic book stuff oh yeah uh follow me on or check out my uh instagram uh robert underscore n-e-g-o-e-s-c-o um, yeah, I have a bunch of stuff available, uh, kind of like a, a pack of all of it. Uh, 25 bucks with shipping and stuff gets you the, the whole pack of the like six books. Um, Very cool. And I'm working on more. Uh, got a movie zine coming out. So nice. uh, we'll later down the line plug that, a hor- horror focused. So right uh, yeah, lots of projects going on. Very cool, man. Yeah. Thank, thank you for coming on, Robert. It's been this, an honor. This, uh, yes, indeed. This was fun. And uh, thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you for having me.